Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. For more information about us, visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. You ready for something to change your life? You ready for something to change your life? It's not me. I ain't got nothing, but the Word of God can do that. Amen? Stop it. As many of you know, this past week we've been wrestling with some major, major decisions. We announced last week, we're out of here, right? And, and, and we got excited, but we've been wrestling with some major, major decisions. And um, this past we, we just know that it's, you know, it's, it's time to take a step of faith. This past Friday, we met at the new place that we've been looking at. Amen. We met at the new place, and some of us were seeing the location for the first time, and um, others like me were seeing it for like the fourth or the fifth time. And I have to tell you that the more that I saw the place, the more afraid I got. Okay? Is that all right? I'm going to keep it real with you today, okay? The more I saw the because you know when you see something for the first time like if somebody tells you I'm going to give you I'm going to give you my car and you're like, "All right." You get all excited. I know he drives a Toyota or whatever and yeah, yeah. But then like the second time you see it, you know this, man, there's some dents on that thing. You know, but that's cool. That's cool. It's still, you know, it's good. It got some dance, but if I remember, there's some dance, but it's good. But, and then like the third or the fourth time you see it, by the time they hand it to you, you're like, this is a jalopy. Why are you giving me this junk? You know, this is like, man, this is boss. You know, the more you see it, the more you examine it, right? And so, and so that's kind of how I've been feeling. So I, we went to the place and, and I have to tell you, I got scared. And, and you have to understand something about this, this place that we're going to go to was never a church before, okay? It has been a storehouse, a warehouse for years. So I don't know if, I want you to get the kind of picture in your head. There was junk and more junk everywhere. And there was materials and more materials everywhere. The walls were dingy, the windows are cracked, the basement was unusable. There was paint and roofing materials where the children's you know, ministry should be. There was um, racks and cages where the walls should be. There was um, parts and, and lumber and, and materials where the lobby should be. There was an actual truck where the sanctuary should be. A truck or two in the sanctuary. Which at least gives you an idea, it's pretty big, right? But, but here I am, you know, with my little drawings, and, and I'm trying to explain to the team, look, look, right here is, is the sanctuary, you know, you know, like right over here, and I'm standing over trucks, this is the sanctuary. And, and, you know, maybe I could see it in my head, but it's hard to portray that picture to people, you know? I think everybody liked it better when they saw the paper design and said, wow, that looks pretty, Right? Because on paper, you see, ooh, offices, sanctuary, 250 seats, wow, ooh, stage. But when you go there, and there was trucks and lumber and junk and dingy and, 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 and warehousey, right? It was cement floors and just like, oh, wow. And, and all of a sudden, I told them, you know, there's skylights and the thing, but, but all you see now is like leaking skylights and dirty and... 
And, and I just sensed that people weren't as excited. And even I wasn't as excited as when I first thought about it, when God first showed it to us. And so I have to tell you, I didn't sleep Friday night. Can I ask my wife? I was a mess. After Friday, I was a mess. I was stressed out. I was overwhelmed by the sheer volume of work. And then, whenever, whenever I took my mind off of the work, the cost came up, and that just had me like and breathe. Whenever, it's one thing to know about, man, there's a lot of work to do, but then when you start to think there's a lot of work, which costs a lot of money, that just had me, I couldn't breathe. So I was, I was really stressed out, and I started asking God, you know, I said, man, you know, what is it going to cost to build these walls? What is it going to cost to paint this whole place inside and out? What's it going to cost to replace those windows, to build bigger bathrooms? Well, how are we going to buy and install the central AC so we don't have this all day on Sundays? And I started asking, you know, what's it going to cost to build the platform? And, and you know, we want to have a platform that's going to be up here, 44 inches, a big stage, so that, so that when, we, when, when somebody dances and praises to the Lord, you can see it. And, and when we do productions and things, you can see it. Amen? So that the people 200 seats back could see it. Right? And so I'm, I started thinking, what's it going to cost? You know, what's it going to cost to run water to the places where I want the water and to run electricity to the places where I want electricity? What's it going to cost to hang the fancy lights? What's it going to cost to do the stage lighting that I want to do? What's it going to cost for all this? What is it going to cost to make this place a sanctuary with all of who we are? Like the S. The S is just us, right? There's just something so cool about that S. It's just us. That's who we are. That's how we roll, right? We couldn't get into one of those cathedral-looking buildings. We couldn't get... That's not us. That's not how we roll. It has to look... And, and our, our vision for the place is going to look like a club in the village someplace. Amen? It's just going to be... My wife uses the word avant-garde. It's just going to be really cool like that, you know? But, but Friday, I wasn't feeling really cool. It was like really junk. It was like really depressed. It was just really a, a struggle. I said, God, you know, and, and so I have to confess to you in my own humanness, in my own flesh, in my own understanding, my reaction Friday night was to retreat and, and surrender. I said, you know what? All of a sudden, this place on Westchester don't seem so bad. That's how I started convincing myself. I said, you know what? The, the walls are done. Our sound system is hooked up. And, you know, it's a little hot. Okay, it's a little tight. Okay, but, but this doesn't feel too bad. This is, is safe here, right? It's, it's safe here. All of a sudden, you know, I wanted to say, it's just fine. Sure, it gets crowded, but we'll squeeze more chairs in. You know, we'll make, we'll make more room. And I said, you know, we don't, I started thinking, we don't have enough money saved. You know, everybody that does these big ventures, they do it wisely. They have a lot of money in the bank. He said, we don't have enough money saved. And, and, you know, there's just too much to do. And so I was quietly and personally convincing myself that that was the right thing to do is to stay here. Sidebar, have any of you ever felt that way? When, when God is pushing on you to do something? When God is calling you and saying, hmm, come on, it's time to stop that. Anybody ever felt that way? When God, is, when God is saying to you, come on, it's time to bring you to another level. 
and, and you look at the step, and it could be something as silly as this in your life, and you say, God, I can never get to that other level. God, you know, to, to get up that high would just be too scary for me. It would just be too big a step, and so we stay here because it's safe. Anybody been there? You battle those demons of doubt sometimes. And so, you know, understand something. If we stay here, it might not be too comfortable, but we could afford this place. We've been here almost two years. We, we know we can afford this place. We know when the bills come, we know what they're going to be, and we know that it'll be there. And so, so it's safe. We can afford this place. It, 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 it's comfortable for us. The walls are up, the sound is good, the classrooms are built. Everything is in its place. People know us here. People like us here. This is a good place. Amen? It's easier here. And so the only thing that we would have to do to stay here would be to stop growing. Cool? All we have to do is stop growing. Stop. So, you know, what, what would that take? Stop telling people about the church. Stop inviting people that don't go to any churches. Stop. Only hang out with people that come to this church or that already have a church. But don't hang out with no unchurched people. Because they might ask you, what do you do on the weekend? And you might have to lie. Stop. We just have to stop growing. We, we just have to, you know, when people ask what church you go to, change the subject. Yo, yeah, hot. Woo, yeah, it's crazy out there. You know, the Mets, the Yankees, just bring stuff up, right? If someone wants to come to church with you, tell them it's closed. <laughs> Say, no, my church is closed. The limit, the membership's capped. Yeah, there's no growth there. You can't, sorry. And we could be this, like, elite cool club, right? We could stay small and, like, get jackets and T-shirts that have the S on them. And we could be, like, the coolest church that's, that's just tight. Right? Because eventually, in a couple of years, we'll all know each other, and we'll all know each other. We'll be going to people's houses, and we'll, we'll be visiting each other. We'll know, you know who we don't like, and so we'll, we'll separate ourselves from those. And, and we know who, who's the big bochinchera, or, or the one, and so we separate from those. But we'll know each other. It'll be nice and comfortable. Right? So all we have to do is stop growing. Wouldn't that be cold if somebody said, can I come to your church? Nah, nah. <laughs> Nah. Be like, but nah, nah, you, you can't. Say, so, yes, I could, right? People, all of a sudden, your friends might be like, yes, I could go to your church. No, you can't. No. If your name ain't on the list, Carmen's going to stop you at the door. So, nope, sorry. Be a VIP church. That'd be kind of cool. No. Because, see, when you stop growing, you start to die. The moment you stop growing, you start to atrophy. We start to get weak. And we don't ever want to be weak. Amen? Because if we were to stop growing, we wouldn't be doing what God is calling us to do. Right? And then all of a sudden, we'd be this country club. We'd just be a club. And all of a sudden, we'd have to put Christ to the side. And we'd have to put the Word of God to the side. Because it doesn't fit into everything that we're doing. Because we're not walking in everything. I like what, what, what Melissa said. It's not about just saying a prayer and everything's different. It's about walking it out. Amen? So when, when, when you get Jesus on the inside, then you got to walk it out. Walk it out. Walk it out. Amen? That's what it's about. We got to walk it out. I wasn't going to do the dance. Some of you looking. 
I, I don't play that. So thank God the Word of God says, lean not on your own understanding, but in all that ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. Amen? So here's what happened to me this weekend. Saturday morning, I get a devotional. Now, I don't want to try to make myself sound all holy. I usually never read a devotional on Saturday morning. So I'm not trying to brag. I don't. This Saturday morning, I got one and I read it. The devotional ended like this. What makes you afraid? That caught my attention. What causes you anxiety or dread? I was hooked. Paul shouts out, you have nothing to fear. Jesus has dominion over all of it. Jesus is in charge of the good, the bad, the visible, and the invisible. You don't understand how that spoke to me because all I kept thinking of, I see the bad things in the building already. Imagine the things that are invisible that I don't see. Imagine what's hidden in the foundation, what's invisible. And so for for God to send me a word saying God sees the visible and the invisible, the good and the bad. It shows me that God is talking directly to me. Amen? And so he says, you don't have the power to stand up against the legions of this dark domain, but he does. You might not be able to fight the government, the rulers, the boss, the powers that be, but he can. You are in league with the owner and ruler of everything. And then it it ends like this. It says, ask yourself, whose authority stands behind your choice or your feeling? So yes, I was convicted. Because it was obvious, it was my authority behind the kind of thinking, it was my fear, it was my doubt, it was my insecurity, it was my feelings of inadequacy. Anybody ever been there? Right? Good. It's not just me. So, you see, when God calls you, and He does call you, He does call you. Some of you He called this morning. Some of you are here because God called you this morning. And made you come. So when God calls you, the feeling to stay still and stay safe, it's your thinking behind that. So Saturday morning, what I did was I shelved the sermon that I had been preparing all week. I put it aside for another week. And I just let God lead me this, this, that, that morning. And I said, God, just allow me to share my heart and share your heart with them on Sunday. And I just started typing and everything just kind of came. And this is what came out. I'm still scared. I'm still afraid. There are still moments when I let my own feelings and emotions get the best of me. But I keep coming back to God's call. I keep coming back to God's confirmations. I keep coming back to God's word that tells me if God is for me, who can be against me? I keep coming back that says, you know, and and even I was thinking about all this stuff and and, and the word of God that says, if if, if God doesn't build the house, those that labor, labor in vain. And so I said, you know, I don't want to be a vain laborer. I'm going to let God build this house because he'll probably build it better than me anyway. Amen? He has better ideas than I have. And so so I kind of, so once again... I, I said, God, 
If it's you, you know the story about the boat and Peter and the disciples and Jesus walking on the water and, and, and they get scared and they get frightened and they see him and they say, it's a ghost or something. And Jesus says, and so I receive those words. He, Jesus says, be not afraid. And, and so I'm at the point again where I'm saying, God, if it's you, ask me to come out to the water. And just on, on, as a side note, you can't ask God to do things like that. You can't ask and pray and you can't sing up and down and jump up and down and saying praise him, praise him. And you can't pray and ask God to do things for you. And you can't pray and ask God to speak to you. And you can't pray and ask God to, to call you to do things. And then when he calls, tell him I'm not ready. You're wasting your time. Sometimes God will take you by the ear and make you do it anyway. And it usually works out real good. Amen? God's taking me by the hair sometimes and just throw me into the water. And I swim. It's always, he's always been there. So prophetically, once again, church, um, we are those disciples on the boat. Jesus is walking out on the water. We're scared of what could happen, but Jesus speaks to us and he just says, take courage. I am. Do not be afraid. And so all week, I've been thinking about the movie Field of Dreams. And I've been joking with my wife, and I've been shouting the whisper in my house all day long. If you build it. If you build it. And that's what I'm feeling today. That's the title of this word. If you build it, they will come. Amen, Jen? If you build it, I mean, look around. We built this and, and you came. And so if you build it, they will come. And so, see, part of it, part of it was my fear kind of caught up in past experiences. And so I've been asking God, God, how do we build this? We're only two years old as a church. We've been good stewards with our money. We've been faithful even with all the expenses that we've had building this place, starting a new school. We've still managed to save, as a baby two-year-old church, we've still managed to save over $10,000. Amen? That's incredible for a two-year church to, to have a, a full-time pastor on staff and still save $10,000. That's incredible. But $10,000 won't even pay for half of the AC central unit to put in to install at the new place. Does that put things in perspective for you? <laughs> All our saving won't even pay half of just the blower unit that's going to blow cold air on you at the new place. Gets you a little scary, right? So I've been asking God, how are we going to do it? Where are we going to, you know, get it from? And earlier in the week, I came across Exodus 35. If you have your Bibles, you need to turn there. I don't usually make you turn there, but I really want you, if you have them, to turn there today because I really want you to read this with me because you might not believe me when I read it to you because it's so appropriate. And so earlier in the week, I came across Exodus 35, and I said, wow, God, that's incredible. And I put it aside, and I worked on the other message that I was working on anyway. Because sometimes we think we know better what everybody needs to hear. But thankfully, God has grace and mercy with me, and even it took, it took till Saturday morning, but he got me. And so Exodus 35, if you look there, the heading on the chapter in some of your Bibles says, Building the house of worship. 
Could that be clearer? Building the house of worship. I've been asking God, how do we build it? How do we do it? And he gives me Exodus 35, building the house of worship. Because you see, we've had some bad examples. I've had some really bad examples in my life. And, and that's why, you know, one of the fears is I don't ever want to talk about money in the church. Because, oh, that's, you know, it's taboo and everybody gets turned off and everybody will leave. If anybody leaves because we talk about money in the right way, then you're better off that they left. Because they weren't the right people anyway. Amen? I'm, I'm, and so I'm just praying that we can be as mature, we can just receive this today. So, because here's what the Word of God says. And so here, here's how God answered me. This is how you do it. Sidebar, if you've been telling God to answer you and you've been asking for direction and you haven't gotten an answer, you probably haven't really been looking. Or maybe you haven't really been listening. So here it is, building the house of worship. This is how they did it. This is how God rolls. Exodus 35, read it along with me so you see that I'm not making it up or adding things here. Here's what happened when God decided to have a house built because the Israelites were, were worshiping in tents and doing different things and God finally said, you know what, I, I, this is how I want the house of worship built. Even though it would be a temporal one, but this is exactly how I want it and this is how you need to do it. In Exodus 35, I'm skipping to 4 there, it says, Moses spoke to the entire congregation of Israel and he says, this is what God commanded. Check this out. Gather from among you an offering for God. Receive on God's behalf and, every, and what everyone is willing to give as an offering. Gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple, scarlet material, fine linen, goat's hair, tanned rams, skins, dolphin skins, acacia wood, lamp oil, spices for anointing oils and for fragrant incense, onyx stones and other stones for setting in the ephod and in the breastplate. I want you to notice just in those offerings, there was stuff like gold and precious stones and then there was stuff like goat hair. Do you see the difference? Gold. All of you that, you know, I'm speaking to the millionaires. All of it. Gold and precious stones you're to bring and goat's hair. What does that mean? Everybody was a part of this thing. You, you understand? And, and you know what it also means? It's all grouped in the same thing. It's all good to God. If, if you brought, if you brought, if one of you hit lotto and just paid for the sanctuary... And I'm not endorsing Lotto or anything like that. Don't, don't start writing me letters or nothing. I'm not talking bad about it either, so don't, you know, whatever. But if, so if one of you did that, and if, and if one of you said, you know what, I, I have like five bucks extra that I can give at the end of the month after I pay my bills. It's, it's fine gold and fine stones and it's goat hair. And it's all going to be used to God's glory. Amen? And it's the same. God will put it on a scale and it's the same. Because it's what you have. It's what God put on you to give. Amen? So he, he talks about all that, the offering, and then, and then look. Because there's offering, there's, there's things to give. And then in verse 10 it says, Come, all you who have skills, come. I got excited when I read this. All of you who have skills, come and make everything that God has commanded you to make. 
the dwelling with his tent. And he goes on to everything that they have to build. The dwelling with his tent and his cover and his hooks and his frames and crossbars and posts and bases. The chest with his poles, the atonement cover, the veiling curtain, the table with his poles and implements and the bread of presence. The lampstand that gives light with his furnishings and lamps and oil for the lighting. The altar of incense with his poles, the anointing oil, the fragrant incense, the screen door. I mean, do you see that it's calling everybody? Everything that you can do, God wants to use it to build this house. So, where's the carpenters? Where the painters? Where the, the sanders? Where the architects? Where the car? Where, where, where every, everything that you can do? The, the people that sew. Everything. He's just calling everybody to build this thing. And, and, and so look what happens. In verse 20, he says, So everyone in the community of Israel left the presence of Moses... So remember, Moses called everybody together. He said, this is how we're going to do it. This is what we need. This is who's going to do it. And and this is what's going to happen. And it says, everyone in the community left the presence of Moses. And when they came back, everyone whose heart was roused, whose spirit was freely responsive, bringing offerings to God for the building the tent of meeting and furnishing it for worship and making the holy vestments they came both men and women all of the willing spirits among them they offered brooches and earrings and rings and necklaces anything made of gold offering up their gold jewelry to God I'm not asking you to do that we don't want to run a pawn shop or nothing here I'm just this is how they did it back then okay um Everyone who wanted to to offer up silver or bronze as a gift to God brought it. Everyone who had the acacia wood that could be used in the work brought it. All of the women skilled at weaving brought their weaving and, and weaving of blue and purple and scarlet fabrics and fine linens. All of the women who were gifted in spinning spun the goat's hair. And the leaders brought onyx and precious stones for setting it in the ephod and the breastplate. They also all brought spices and olive oil for the lamp and for the anointing oil and for the incense. And look in verse 29. Every man and woman in Israel whose heart moved them freely to bring something for the work of God through Moses had commanded them to make, brought it, a voluntary offering to God. They just brought it. A commentary that I like to read, David Guzik, he says this about this passage. Few things have brought the name of Jesus more shame throughout history than the ungodly ways of raising money. From the sale of indulgences, you know, back the early Christians, we used to sell salvation. If you didn't know that little bit of history, that's who we were guilty. We'd sell salvations. Those were called indulgences. Is that like wild? Can you imagine? And people would give their life savings so to sell. Like if you had a teenager that was wilding out, you'd give your life earning. You'd sell your car, you'd put your house on mortgage, everything, to come to the priest and buy an indulgence so that that, that teenager could, could go to heaven. We've done some wild stuff in the name of Jesus, right? So he says, every, from the sale of indulgences to the modern television huckster, Many, he's from the, you know, early, so he uses words like huckster, but many have disgraced the cause of Christ through their love of money. Here, Moses will show us the right way, the right way to raise money for a godly purpose. How many of you understand we want to do things the right way? I, I, you need to know our hearts. If you've been around here long enough, if you're just visiting for the first time, 
We want to do things the right way. And so, so church, don't get nervous. I'm not going to ask the ushers to come back up. I'm not going to take another offering. I'm not going to ask for pledges or commitments. I'm not going to put cards in your hands and, and tell you to pray with your family and come back and tell me how much you're going to give today before you leave. I'm not going to do any of that stuff. Because I believe God has led me to read this and use it as a godly example for raising the funds. After Moses shared that with the congregation, it says that everybody departed the presence of Moses. Moses wasn't into high pressure giving where people were asked to make a snap public decision about giving or asked to make an immediate pledge. There was no manipulation on Moses' part. How many can say praise God for no manipulation? This office right here, this pulpit, has been used for the wrong thing for way too long. Amen? And we want to reserve it for the Word of God, for the living, breathing, learning, growing Word of God, and nothing else. Moses also, he didn't have a contest pitting one tribe against the other to see who could raise more, the most more money or any kind of nonsense. Just God did the work in the hearts of the people. And look what happens. This is exciting. Look. Notice it doesn't say everyone came back. Not everyone came back after, after they heard that prayer. But it says everyone came whose heart was stirred. Everyone whose spirit was willing. And look what happened there in your Bibles in Exodus 36. Look what happened. This is crazy. Exodus 36. It says, Everyone whom God had given the skill and the know-how for making everything involved in the worship of the sanctuary as commanded by God are to start to work. Moses summoned Bezalel and Oholiab. This is just difficult. I think they just did that for preachers to have struggle with later on in life. But, but God actually ordained two general contractors and put in them and build in them the ability to do the things the way God wanted them to do. Isn't that incredible? God picked the contractors. So anyway, Moses summoned those two guys along with everyone that God had gifted with the ability to work skillfully with their hands and the men were eager to get started and engage in the work. We need to hear that again. The men were eager to get started and engage in the work. They were eager, the men to get started and engaged. To engage and get started, the men were eager. The, the men were eager to, to get started and engage in the work. And, and they took from Moses all of the offerings that the Israelites had brought for the work of constructing the sanctuary. The people, listen to this, the people kept on bringing in their free will offerings morning after morning and all of the artisans who were at work making everything involved in the sanctuary came one after another and told Moses, the people are bringing more than enough for doing this work that God has commanded us to do. And so Moses sent out orders through the camp, men, women, no more offerings. Come on, you never heard that in church before in your whole life. Moses got up and said, no more offerings, stop. It says it right here. That's why I want you to follow along. No more offerings for the building of the sanctuary. The people, the people were ordered to stop 
bringing offerings because there was plenty of material for all of the work to be done. Enough and more than enough. I expected like a shower or something there. Enough and more than enough. Do, do, do you see how, how God does things? Enough and more than enough. No, there, there, was, there wasn't a, a nine-week series on, on how you got to give to build. There wasn't a, 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 a guilt trip on, 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 on the families, on, on this is your church and you need to... There wasn't, there wasn't this high-pressure stuff that nobody better leave here. Make sure the ushers don't... Nobody leaves until they sign a pledge card or a commitment card. None of that. Moses just said, God wants us to build the house. Who's going to be involved in it? And, and the people that got excited said, I'll be involved in it. And, and here's what I can do. And, or I can't, I can't give anything, but I can paint a wall. I can sweep like nobody else in this church. I can clean a toilet better than anybody in this place. I can put some paint on the wall like, like nobody's business. You don't haven't seen me with a broom. I can broom a whole warehouse. And, and you know what I'm saying? Everybody that got excited came. And it says that there was more than enough. Guzik says in his, in his commentary, This shows how blessed giving can be when it's free from human manipulation and tricks. From willing hearts, always give enough as the work is blessed by God. Moses shows great integrity, listen, by not gathering more than was needed. Come on, this is needed in the church today. God told him to take an offering for the building of the tabernacle. When the tabernacle was provided for, the offering was over. Say praise God when the offering is over. Maybe some of you haven't been in church long enough to understand where all this damage has come from. Praise God. So family, here's the call. Here's the lease. Yeah. There's, there's markings all over it because I keep asking for more and he keeps giving it to us. I keep telling him, no, 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 that's not going to be good enough. Flow with that. And he keeps saying, okay. I keep saying, you need to push back the tax thing. And he goes, okay, but give me a little more on this. Okay. And, and we're almost ready to sign. I think I have a little more pushing to do in one little area. But this week, it's a done deal. So... We're going to get together, we're going to put together a phase one, a phase two, and a phase three. And as we get figures and estimates, we're going to post them. There won't be any more sermons on this. You understand? There won't be any more sermons on this. Anybody that's not here, you need to get the word to them. We're building a house of worship. Together, you and I are building a house of worship. So there'll be no more, there no more sermons on this. Just understand, phase one is going to be everything that needs to be done before we leave here to go there. That's going to be basic bathrooms. How many of you know we need more than one female and one male? Right? So we're, so we're looking at building one ladies' bathroom with three or four stalls, nice double sinks, right? Manhattan status, right? And, and the guys, maybe one stall and like, you know, a tall urinal and a little urinal for the kids. Amen? And that, because we're in and out of there, it's, it's, it's quick. And, and uh, we're going to build the, the basic bathrooms, the sanctuary, some rooms. Phase two will be a little more technical, this and all that, kind of all the touching things that we want to do to it. Phase three would just be the beautification of the dream. 
That's when we're just going to release the dreams that God has given us and God's people and just, man, I always wanted a fish tank with some awesome African sicklers up in the back of that thing. Amen? And I got two guys in here that have them and love them and you're in charge. And so we're just going to release those dreams of, of what, you know, what this house of worship, what God has put in us that this house of worship should be. We need, a, we need video walls. We need, we need a, a place for dancing. We need a place to draw on. We need a place where we can paint on the walls. We need a place where we can just be free. All of that. Phase three, we just release that. Amen? And let God build that thing. Right now, we don't know what any of those phases are going to cost. It's a step of faith. We're calling the community together. We're presenting the call. I'm believing that as we build, there will be more than enough. Not just in finances and materials, but in contractors and builders and painters and carpenters and skilled artists and all of those willing to step out of the boat and build. And I'm believing that as we bring it for the building of the sanctuary, like the widow's oil, it will not stop flowing until it's done. Until we have more than enough. If you build it. We were in the neighborhood on Friday and people were giving us dirty looks and people were wondering why all these weird looking Hispanics are there. And, and, and it was a community, a real mixed community of, of um, Indian, uh, Hispanic, it looked like Dominican, South American. Um, and then there's, there's all these um, brand new houses around it that are being built. And those are like half a million dollar houses. So there'll be a whole other different kind. You know, and it's just a whole new community that we're just going to have to love and bless and, and let them understand. And I want to probably put it on, on a banner on the church. Not another church, but a sanctuary. Would you stand with us today if you're willing to stand with us and believe and pray? And don't worry, nobody's looking to write down your names that you stood and nobody's going to call you and nobody's going to hold you to anything. I believe God is going to do this thing. Amen? Gary, Pastor Gary, would you come and just seal it in prayer? Um, the Lord just gave me a picture of how to pray. So I'm going to ask Michelle also to come up. But you don't have to pray. She gave me that look like I'm going to ask her to do something again. and surprise. And the picture the Lord gave me, and we'll make as much room as we have to. But I believe they need to see that they're not alone. It's not enough that you're standing back there and they're up here. So if you're saying, I'm with you, Pastor George and Michelle, I'm going to ask you to come up right here and get around them. Because it's a lot for, the, for Pastor George to admit that on Saturday morning that he felt a, a fear come upon him. He's got to know that he's not alone. That there's others who say, and I'm going to help you build this house. Whatever I got to do, whatever it takes. I'm just going to wait a few more seconds. I know we have visitors and we have other people, so... I don't want anyone to feel if you're not up here that there's something wrong with you or be embarrassed. But this is the picture that the Lord gave me and we want to be faithful to that. So I'm going to ask Pastor George and, and Michelle just to look around. And the Lord wants you to know that these who are standing up here, these are those who are with you. These are those who are going to stand. These are those who are going to help to build the vision. So, Father, we thank you, Lord God, for the vision that you've placed in the heart of Pastor George, Lord God. 
and in the heart of the leadership, Lord God. We thank you that it didn't come from man, Lord God. It wasn't born out of the mind of man, Lord God. But it's your heart, oh God. It's your desire to build a place of sanctuary, Lord God. A place of peace, Lord God. A place of freedom and worship, Lord God. Where the spirit of religion cannot take hold, Lord God. Where the spirit of tradition, Lord God, will not take away the freedoms that you've given us, Lord God. A place, Lord God, where people can love each other, Lord God. A place where people can be real, Lord God. We thank you that that's a vision that was born out of your mind and heart, even before the foundations of the earth, Lord God. So we just thank you right now, Lord God. We thank you, God, that you're going to put feet, Lord God, to this vision, Lord God. That you're raising up the workers, God. You're raising up the laborers, oh God. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you are the provision, Lord God. So we just stand as a congregation right now, God. And we say, use us, oh God. Use us, Lord. We are available, oh God. We are your hands and your feet, oh God. We thank you, Lord God, for the privilege of partnering with you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God. We just see right now, just begin to envision. The Lord is going to give you right now pictures and visions of what he's going to do. Just just in your mind, in the place of your imagination right now. Just see right now. Can you see it? Can you see a place? Can you see that place of sanctuary where, where thousands are coming in and getting healing for their souls? For their bodies, where the body of Christ is being equipped and released, not held on to, but being equipped and being sent into their destinies, into the four corners of the earth. Can you see the dancers? Can you see the worshipers, the poets coming in? Can you see God bringing back the artists and the painters and the dancers and those who would start soup kitchens and homeless ministries? and the sons and daughters and the spiritual mothers and fathers that surround them right now, God. We just thank you right now, Lord God, and we just ask you the same thing that you did for Moses, oh God. Build the tabernacle here in the Bronx, Lord God. We believe you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. 
We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.